athletes perform at their best when there's balance, when they're, they're healthy with their wellness uh, on uh, or off the, the field of play. We are hyper-focused just as a general population on outcome-based goals, yes. the end goal. We're not happiest at the outcome of our goal. It's during the process of the goal. Welcome to United Conversations for Student Athletes, a Holinsky's Hope Power podcast supporting the mental health of student athletes. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Nicholson. Welcome to 2022. I am so excited to get going with this year of United. It's crazy. We've been going for so long since 2020. I think that this is a great way to talk about goals. So many people set New Year's resolutions. We know that very few people actually accomplish their resolutions, but goal setting is a really important piece of the athlete life because that's what we're driven by is just achieving and outcoming in this. I mean, we could do a little less of it sometimes, but this is such a great conversation to start off 2022 with. And we have a great professional to have the conversation with. So Ed Dara is a licensed professional counselor and he's in Pennsylvania. He holds board certifications in counseling, school counseling, telemental health, and he founded Ed Dara Counseling and Athlete Wellness Consulting in 2015. So he's been working with athletes for a while uh, there in Philly. And currently he's a full-time member with Temple University Athletics and he's a mental health and performance counselor. He recently co-authored a book in April 2021 called The Metacognitive Student. So that's really cool to check that out. He's on the USOPC Mental Health Registry, and he also co-founded the healthcare startup Flourish Healthcare in 2020. So I know to accomplish all this, he had to set some pretty great goals and figure out ways to achieve them. So that's what we're going to be talking about today is uh, how to set goals, how to get yourself on a track where you can achieve them, and what a great way to start off the new year. So let's get going with today's conversation with Ed Dara. Ed, welcome to United. Well, Josie, thank you so much for, for having me. So excited to to join you on the podcast. I've been listening all year and I've been so impressed with the guests that have come on and I, I have gotten so much education and knowledge from your previous shows. So for me to come on, it's it's certainly a little nerve wracking. Hopefully I can live up to those prior guests, but a great uh, honor for sure. Oh gosh. Well, those are very kind words. And I will say that I have learned so much and, you know, it's just been so cool. So welcome to the United family. Oh, thank you so when, much. Once you're on, I'll, you know, loop you in for other things too. <laughs> I'm excited to get the t-shirt. I've been seeing yes. uh, everyone posting after they're being on the show and the t-shirt. I'm like, oh, that's, I, you know, I love t-shirts, you know, so I'll definitely rep it. Who does not love a free t-shirt? Uh, right. It, it definitely brings all the people to the yard for sure. So yeah, welcome to 2022 as well. 
Well, thank you. I know it's, it's what a year, what a two years, right? To get to 2022. Yeah. It, it's almost like we can take it, hopefully take a deep breath and, and restart and, you know, there, and I see, foresee good things coming and, and being optimistic as we go forward through the first month or two is going to be important, right? Just to get off on a good foot, but glad to start the year with you as well. Oh man. So I saw this super funny cartoon and let's see if I can describe it with no visual aid. So there's this like group of people around a corner and they've got this long stick and they're very tentatively pushing open a door and above the door, it says 2022. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Like what's going to (laughs) happen? That really kind of articulates how everyone's feeling that like what's next piece where you know at times last year in 2021 I've certainly felt like I started to let my guard down naturally as things got better with COVID and um, and then we we started to learn about Omicron and and some of the other and cases started to go up so it's that back and forth we've all have felt hopefully you know 2022 brings some stability and, and relief overall. Yeah, I think so life happens. Mm -hmm. But I think one thing that's different in the recent years is how collective we have all felt it. So, you know, if you look individually at our life, it's like, yeah, I mean, stuff happens, there's ups and downs, you never know what's next. And, you know, disaster calamity can happen at any moment, just as opportunity and miracles Mm -hmm. at any moment. It's just that we're all I mean, it's on a loop on the news and it's everything we're thinking about. And we try to gauge whether or not, you know, we're going back to mask or staying in mask, like all this stuff. So it's just really fascinating how that has created almost like a confirmation bias, you know, mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, all this stuff is happening. What's next? Oh, that's next, you know? And it's uh-huh. really like, you know, maybe if we look individually, it's not that much more, except it's on literally a global stage. So it's super interesting. And I'm so glad we're, we're talking about the topic that we are because it's so directly related to, mm-hmm. you know, you look at everything we went through in 2020 and how that really adjusted how we were moving forward with stuff. And then 2021, I know for me, when we talk about goals, I was very hesitant and very conservative in setting goals because I'm like, you know, I need as much semblance of control as I can gather. And I don't want to set goals that are out any outside of my control. I was very reticent to set long-term goals or outcome goals mm-hmm. because of that. And so it's really impacted the way I see goal setting. So this is a great, great way to start mm-hmm. United for 2022. Yeah. It's, and you bring up some important questions that come up in session a lot is how do I plan or set goals for 2022 where there's been so much flux and change and, but that's what goal setting is. So I think a big piece to conversation today and, and when setting goals is understanding that flexibility is so important to having goals be successful in your life. Those that can be flexible, and I think we've all learned how to be somewhat flexible over the past two years, like you're mentioning mass, no mass, indoor, outdoor, is that if we can adapt and, and fluently 
uh, adjust our goals as we go throughout our year, we're going to have much more success. We're going to have much more reinforcement, positive reinforcement, and our outcomes will be more consistent to what our intrinsic needs are. Oh my. Yeah. And as you're saying that, I'm like, okay, we're not going to turn this into all about me, but I struggle so much with adjusting my goals. And when I am faced with a situation where, like, for example, in December, I ran a half marathon. And so I had these training goals. I had all this stuff and I had a time goal in my head. And then because old and my body is beat up like any, you know, athlete will be, I had some knee stuff in the middle and had to take some time off training. And so I needed to adjust my goals so that the time goal that I had was not factoring in because that was going to make me push myself. And that was so, it felt like such a failure to adjust the goal. And I know in my head Uh that it's not a failure. It's, it's adapting. It's, you know, but it's so hard to adjust goals and have it not feel like lowering standards Uh or, you know what I mean? When we look at student athletes specifically, athletes will make goals for themselves. Um, A lot of times they're outcome based and we can talk a little bit about that, especially for New Year's resolutions and New Year's goals. But athletes will focus on outcome goals sometimes. And that is the results at the end of the season for if we look at outcome goals for teams specifically it's like winning the championship or conference championship and athletes um, are sometimes at higher higher risk for derailment for a lot of different things and one that stands out to me is injury an athlete will set some big expectations and start to make those changes and unfortunately athletes that have experienced injury then start you know, are at that place saying, where do I go from here? My goals that I set for myself that I've been working towards the last six months are, are not achievable now. And it, and it can feel like you said, maybe a little bit of a failure or, or a setback that's hard to overcome. This is where that, that flexibility comes is, is where we can kind of clear the whiteboard and say, where can, how can we start to make now PT goals for you to get back and really shift? So what we know is, our circumstances change throughout a year, our needs change throughout a year. And to set goals for 12 months in advance isn't really fair for ourselves. And that's why short-term goal setting is so important. And short-term goal setting paired with long-term goals is an effective way to check in with ourselves to say, hey, what am I still pursuing the thing that I still want to pursue? Or do I want to change it? Uh, two is being accountable for ourselves. Am I the goals that I set for myself in January? Are they still achievable? Because there's been a lot of stuff that has happened the past few months. And, and what do I need to do with my goals to make them still be meaningful and impactful, but important to be achievable at the end of all this? And when I'm looking at goal setting for myself um, or one of the athletes I'm working for uh, with, um, we, we're, I'm always bringing in some of my experience to to help athletes understand they're not alone in this kind of back and forth, kind of like you're talking about your own marathon recently, is that we all can be better at setting things up for ourselves to be successful. So one of the ways that I start off goal setting, this is a little bit of my own 
a technique that over time I've, I've adapted and developed and I worked with the, I worked with my athletes at Temple with is one before we even write anything down is we, I have a wheel that I write on my board and I, I say, imagine this wheel or circle as a pie. And what we're trying to do is identify the, the biggest domains in your life. And each domain will represent a piece of this pie. And what could be inside of it, those domains could be different for a lot of different people. So for some, it could be sport and performance, religion, academics, career, performance, maybe coming back from an injury, financial. So just depending on where someone is in their life, too, your domains are going to be different. Uh, so by creating this visual for an individual, we get to identify, okay, well, academics is one of the more important sport and performance. And then we see families up there as well. And then maybe they identified grad school as a domain separately, because that's what's next after school. So what we try to do now uh, with this information is to not just create short and long-term goals in just one area. We try to make domain goals that have are more well-rounded like our circle, but holistic. So what we know is that athletes perform at their best when there's balance, when they're, they're healthy with their wellness uh, on uh, or off the, the field of play. So this is a, another way of reinforcing that mindset is, hey, your goals that you're working on with your family are certainly going to be connected to how you're feeling um, on the field when you're playing. And, and that's how we kind of establish the, the beginning parts of our goal setting. Okay. So I love this and here's why. First of all, I'm really big on the visual. I mean, I can't just picture a pie. Like, I mean, I can, but I'm going to eat it in my imagination <laughs> before I get anywhere. But like, I, I need to see that. And when I look at how big a piece is work, how big a piece is family, how big mm-hmm. a piece is taking care of my physical health, mental health, like, you know, all these things that I see as let's say responsibilities, mm-hmm. you know, even I can look at that and see what's out of balance. Like mm-hmm. I kind of want taking care of my physical and mental health to be a big piece of the pie because I know it makes me better in all these other areas. Mm-hmm. And if I see that work is kind of taking up so much I can say, okay, how can I adjust so that there's more balance there Mm -hmm. and I can make some goals like, okay, I'm going to, you know, set a goal of this is how many times I'm, you know, going to go to the gym this week, or I need to do a little bit more journaling and try to balance that pie out because it is so important. And I think that's what happens when athletes can look at it and say, okay, my family life, my academics, my sport performance, this is all, these are all pie pieces. And okay, my academic slice has gotten super tiny. (laughs) I need to, you know, add some more ingredients to that Mm -hmm. one. And I like that idea of the ingredients too, like Mm -hmm. activities and and effort and, and just, you know, I haven't set goals in this area for a while, I'm not really maintaining, I'm not taking care of it. So it is falling out of balance. So I love that you do that visually with athletes. I'm glad that you highlighted that is because when I first started doing 
domain goal setting and, and bringing in the our like life pie. I didn't realize how impactful the visual piece was, but we got, like you said, we started to find imbalances or missed portions of what, how much time we're spending maybe in a relationship um, and, and how many things that maybe we could are neglecting or, or fell to the side. And it really helps someone say, okay, well, I want this to be more this way balance where I'm spending more time in spirituality and more time with my health and wellness. Um, so it, it is a good way to say, all right, now I can create goals that are based on that to create more equalism to my the things that I, I love to do are important to me. So I'm glad that you pointed that out. I know we're at the beginning of the year too. So we, New Year's resolutions is, is something that you hear on the radio and uh, the talk shows. And the reality is New Year's resolutions don't work a lot of times, 80% of the time, actually. One of the more research from Inc., um, the company had said that 80% of New Year's resolutions do not work out. They fail. And one of the big reasons why is that just the general population, we make goals for the entire year. So I have a exercise goal, weight loss goal, a financial goal that I set on January 1st for December 31st, 12 months from now. And a big reason why goals don't work out like that is because there's just no structural component. There's no ways to see if you're on track to to achieve that. To, to make sure the goal that you set was even achievable. But I, the number one thing I believe is that there's no reinforcement of that you're working towards it. Meaning that at this checkpoint in March, you can see that you've your goal that you set is to save $10,000. And in March, when you check in, you see that you've saved 2000 so far. So there's some positive reinforcement that you're on track. If we never have any positive reinforcement towards our long-term goal, they will not work out. What ends up happening is it feels more of like a chore or that we're kind of treading water. So that's where the short-term goals start to come in. Yeah. So this is so important. People say uh, like one of the most common, you know, I certainly don't support this at all, but like one of the most common New Year's resolutions is to lose weight. Mm Mm-hmm. But then it's like, okay, well, now I've got to cut my calories, increase, like do all these things and make all these changes all at once. And they fail because it's too much. And also it's like this outcome where you didn't also set process goals where, you know, part of the process goal would be to join a gym. That is Mm -hmm. a, a process goal. Another part of the process would be to meet with a nutritionist, mm-hmm. you know, and, and meet with a athletic trainer or strength and conditioning coach or personal trainer, whatever it is, setting those process goals to get you on track. It's so the other thing about checking in the accountability, the reward to notice when, first of all, that's incredibly motivating because you feel like you're accomplishing something. Cause if you say, I'm going to, I'm going to set a goal of saving $10,000 and you look at your bank account and you're like, okay, I've got $50. That does not, that feels disheartening. But Mm -hmm. if I say my goal toward the $10,000 was to save $50 within Mm -hmm. this month that I know I have extra expenses, that feels like an accomplishment. And um, 
paying attention to what you're rewarding. So another little personal anecdote, my son is doing Taekwondo and he's not super sporty, but he loves Taekwondo and he was coming up on his yellow belt test and it just kind of worked out because, you know, we had said we would go out to dinner to where they set the tables on fire, uh, mm-hmm. which is a bocce. He gets uh-huh. all excited. But he's five for his yellow belt test. And then I realized like when he was going to get his belt was not going to work out as a family for us to go out to dinner. So we ended up with the best thing, which was after he took the test, because you don't find out for a couple of days if you pass mm-hmm. it. We took him to Hibachi then to reward his effort and his hard work mm-hmm. and the yellow belt, which he of course got, uh, was its reward. That was the outcome, the goal that he had set. He was mm-hmm. rewarded with the outcome, but mm-hmm. we don't reward our process enough. Yeah. It's, it's so well said. And I guess too, just to help the listeners, we're talking a little bit about process goals. There's performance goals and outcome goals. So what we know is that process goals are very action oriented. There's sometimes like we'll be measurement based, right? So we know that we want to save $10,000 or get a yellow belt or certain uh, grade on a test. And then there's performance goals some personal improvement. Like I want to lift a certain amount of weight at a certain point. And then Outcome goals that we also mentioned are are at the end of whatever you're pursuing, and there there might be like a certain um, speed you want to run for a, um, a marathon or GPA you want to get at the end of your career at a college, right? So they could vary. Some and when we create some of these goals, I've seen one of the obstacles is that we put our outcome goals too early on in in certain small tasks. Uh, so what I do with athletes is I actually have a Google Doc that we share. And since we aren't, I'm not meeting in person with a lot of my athletes right now. It's, so it's a collaborative kind of experience. So we have our domains and we will write our domain up top. So let's just, we're going to stick with this $10,000 end of the year goal of saving. So our domain will be financial. The next part will be the short-term goal part. The process goal part is we have our long-term goal of $10,000 and I am kind of going back and forth, but we do use pieces of the smart goal technique where when you set goals for yourself, they're very uh, effective when they're specific. So this is financial, they're measurable. So at the end of the year, we know we're going to go, okay, did I accomplish this? Do I have $10,000 in my savings? So it's measurable. It's achievable. Are you making enough money to save $10,000? You know, if they're relevant to uh, like your intrinsic needs and time-based, meaning there's a time frame of seeing if I'm setting it now, I'm going to revisit this at the end of December to make sure, uh, you know, that's, that's the time frame I gave this goal. So it's a really good way of structuring goals. So using SMART goals is well-known as an effective way. But I think when we apply SMART goals to structure goal setting, they become even more achievable. So now we have our domain is financial. We have a long-term goal of $10,000. So when we look at the short-term goal part now, which is always connected to your long-term, we're going to create our process goals within this section here. And one of the things that I see athletes 
and just the general public do is that we automatically create short-term goals that are just not realistic or they're just, they don't fit like a time frame. So one of the ways I, I write up top is short-term goals should be made between every two and three weeks. So whatever you set now needs to be achieved in, in this little uh, window here. And this is where one, you, you create accountability for yourself is one is that is the goal that I set achievable Two is what I'm pursuing. Do I need to make certain changes? So do I need to reduce the amount my outcome because I'm not making as much money as I thought I was? So what could be an, um, what could be a process goal here would be opening a high yield savings account. Number two would be creating uh, automation. So having money every week, $50 go into your primary savings. So at the end of two weeks, you would come, we'd be in session, we would mark it down on a calendar too. So you have it remind you and we would say, did you set these things up and check them off and reinforce that they were completed? Or if one of those goals didn't get accomplished in a two to three week span, we just adjust the time frame. We look at why and and we don't give up on it, right? I think that's the piece that happens a lot is like, oh, I just, you know, I already didn't follow through with it. No, this is where we we start to become adaptive and more fluid with our goal setting. And we, we adjust the time frame or just the goal as a whole. And this is where we start to create that reinforcement piece too, is that it doesn't always have to be failure each time during the step process. So I acknowledge that that's part of it that I struggle with is, you know, um, first of all, thinking that I can do all these things and, (laughs) you know, too much too soon. But when I adjust goals, not feeling like it's failure. So when you can approach it, just data driven, like, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, I did not meet this goal of setting aside $50 this month. What stood in the way? oh yeah, I I did start going out to eat a lot more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, instead of being like, "Ah, I didn't need to do that. Why am I do that? Just saying, okay, well, that's definitely an area that I can help. And so setting some process goals of like, I also like the idea of adding in rather than taking away. I know that that helps more. So Mm -hmm. instead of, I am not going to go out to eat more than twice a week, I am like my goal is to engage in menu planning. It is amazing, incidentally, how much just taking that time. And it is something that I have to set a goal of, of setting up a menu for the week mm-hmm. and doing the groceries like based on that saves a ton of money because A, I'm not going to the grocery like five times a week and pulling my hair off because I hate the grocery. <laughs> but, but also just like, okay, here's what we need for this. I don't mm-hmm. need this extra. Mm-hmm. And so that is that becomes a piece of, the financial goal, because I know when I engage in these things, when I make a plan, it's so much easier to eat dinner at my house than to go out to eat. So it's all connected and it may seem like a small thing, but the compound effect on that is just wild. The compound effect. I love how you use the word compound because it, it, as we start to become better at goal setting and we start to check those process goals off week after week, there is a higher level of confidence and self-esteem that is built about 
having more control over the things that you're setting for yourself and the things that you're pursuing in the future. And what's funny, I was going to say, well, Josie, one of my other domain goals was, was social and it was to go out more and with it because I've been so isolated, right? And yeah. so that's a good way of looking, okay, how can we create better balance with that. We don't always have to go out to eat with our friends. We can go for walks or like this set up time that is not surrounded around food and create better, you know, healthy boundaries with that. So it's, we're always, you know, the goals are really allow us to evaluate our overall holistic health and wellness, whether it's financial health, performance health, or just our, our, our social or interpersonal health. So it's a really good way to start a conversation about, Hey, Ed, you know, I'm also not really spent a lot of time checking in with my family since I've been back at school. I'm in season. So we could create a family goal, uh, something as simple as making a phone call to one family member a week and dedicating a day and time, specific time frame that you're going to be doing this. So, so goal setting early on, one of the things is we always think we have to wait to the new year to do this. And I know we're at, we're at the beginning. It's, it's, oh, you can start goal setting at any time. And I always challenge my athletes and saying, why not now? So maybe you're, we're already like a week into the new year and that's fine. Start it today, sit down and and start to write out what's important to you this year that you want to start to uh, focus on it and set some um, objectives for yourself. So let's look at to how the process is uh, with these short-term goals is that when we check those off and we complete them, which is great. So Uh, Now I'm automating my savings, $50 a week, and uh, I've set up my savings account. So what's next after two, three weeks is we create more advanced goals. Uh, And the idea is that we're climbing a ladder to our long-term goal on December 31st, which is measurable. And so what would be our other goals that we use with our smart goal framework is you had mentioned now creating maybe a budget for yourself to see where some of your money is going and where you can make some changes. And you can do that over the next month. Maybe the other one would be reading a financial literacy book or, or watching some pot or listening to some podcasts about finance. And those small things, uh, those personal improvement things, they, they bring about more change, right? So maybe now after two months of pursuing this a long-term goal, you they the student may say to me, Ed, I don't want to save ten thousand dollars anymore. I want to invest ten thousand because I know there's uh, long-term implications and, and maybe uh, will set me up for the future. So I have someone that totally shifts what they've been pursuing because they've you know their needs change, their their want their circumstances change, and now we've created a goal of maxing out their. IRA. Um, and I'm, I know I'm using financial terms, but sometimes it's easy. It's in, easy to see. Example, yeah, with just okay. numbers is we, this is a perfect example of, of someone whose goals have shifted, but they're, they're very much still in line with what their uh, long-term goals are. So two things about that that strike me. So first of all, as athletes, people with athletic mindset, like whatever, high achievers, Mm-hmm. we tend to be incredibly impatient. And so if we're using, you know, the financial goal as a metaphor, but you think about training, you know, these goals for 
increasing free throws percentage or batting average or time, uh, decreasing times or whatever it is. And, and using the money as a metaphor, I sit down and say, my goal is to save $10,000. I will immediately start thinking, where can I get $10,000? Like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it, I want it now. I want it quick and I need it big. And I think that's a particular struggle for collegiate athletes because when you are in a performance-based you know, activity, any sport, in high school and in those early stages, the learning curve is pretty steep and you're so much better than everybody else around you. And then you get to college and you plateau because there's just not that much, you know, your expertise, getting good is fast. Becoming an expert is incremental. And so that one or two dollars a week makes a huge difference. Or like, you know, again, <laughs> to acknowledge a personal flaw, like that one Starbucks coffee a week makes a huge difference, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so becoming like saying, am I being unrealistic? Am I being impatient? Uh, I think is super important because <laughs> it just can't happen overnight it can't can't happen like that we are hyper focused just as a general population on outcome-based goals yes. the end goal that's and what everybody measures us on and it's not fair a lot of times mm -mm. i think that's where we maybe there that is a facet of our maybe unhealthy thinking or maybe not feeling as if we were accomplishing a lot of impactful things. I think there's a lot of negative implications on focusing on outcome-based goals because while, and this could be a discussion for another day, Josie, is that I had done a lot of research on flow and the zone and positive psychology. And what I had found in some of my research is that we're not happiest at the outcome of our goal. It's during the process of the goal. And we can't see that sometimes as individuals because we're so focused. And we're, uh, But when we look back, it's the process of playing and being with someone uh, or engaging uh, with teammates. Not so much whatever the outcome is of whatever you're pursuing, whether it's a team goal or performance. It's, it's the part of working towards it that yeah. brings us the most fulfillment over life. Yeah. And somewhere along the way, we get hyper-focused on outcome goals. And that's where we're higher likelihood of, of burnout, satisfaction, or that's where we give up on our goals more likely to. Yeah. So if we can really shift and educate individuals on how the importance of our progress goals, even performance goals too, that those are the things that will bring us fulfillment and happiness and more and lead to higher likelihoods of success and being able to break this down and making it more achievable. Yeah, it, it does take time and commitment. Um, but those that follow through in this, in this structure, a lot of times they learn a lot about themselves. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah. And, you know, the conversation today, sometimes it's hard. I, we could talk about it in, in a lot of different avenues is that when you set yourself up with goals is the big thing is, having a long-term goal that you can measure, but also attaching it with short-term goals that you're checking in with every two to three weeks. Good ways to check in with goals. And I'm a big technology geek is using our reminders on our phones. So one of the things I do with the athletes is when we set all this up, it's like, how do we, 
How do we create accountability outside of our sessions is, well, we can use our calendar and, and, and put our long-term goal uh, December 31st. And then we put our short-term goals uh, when we set them for a specific date. So going back to setting up our high yield savings account, we want to do that by January 31st. That's two weeks from today. That means you can distinctively say, did I do this or not? It's, yeah. And it becomes a part of your week and you're going to see it and then you commit to it. Yeah. So the last thing I would say about goals is to get to those outcome goals, the bigger goals, you have to do the short-term goals because you need that ladder. You need the step on the ladder. You can't just jump to the top of the building. And it needs to be something that you want. So I, one of the benefits of doing this check-in and the accountability and every two to three weeks setting the reminder, like, did you do these things? It really gives you a lot of information about whether or not it's something that you want, or did you set it up because you thought this should be your goal? So I had, it's a long story I won't get into, but I, I wanted to, I want to play guitar. So I, I play guitar, but I just, you know, kind of self-taught like whatever. And I actually wanted to become proficient in the guitar. And so I, you know, had this outcome goal. I set these short-term goals. And one of the process goals was like attending a lesson a week. Mm -hmm. And I set that for a month. And at the end of the month, when I checked in, I was like, you know what? I do want to play the guitar, but I do not want to learn to play the guitar. So this is not something that I want because I'm so not into the process. Mm -hmm. And so if I can buy a chip that I can put in my head where I'm playing the guitar, I'll do that. But until that comes, this is not where I want to spend my time, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't worth it to me. And again, I had to do the whole, like, am I giving up on, you know, my goal and my lazy, like all this stuff. I'm like, eh, I just got a lot going on. Like I can set other goals that are going to be more in line with what I want, but we, it's hard to let go when you recognize that, because it's like, here's what we should like, Hey, I want to play the car. I should want to fight through these lessons. And it's like, ah, I'm okay. You know, mm -hmm. I can accept that playing the guitar was not worth learning to play the guitar. So being able to evaluate, is this process, is it really something that I want? Or have I been told for so long that I want it, that I think I do. And that's a super important life evaluation, you know? Yes, it's it's interesting. It's sometimes hard to differentiate an intrinsic goal from an extrinsic one. They, the extrinsic ones mask themselves really well for a long time. And doing this domain goal setting process, you should you feel excited about the goals that you're making over the, the entire time. You know, most likely you, you become more excited too as it gets closer. If it feels as if it's a job or you're skipping making new goals for yourself or they're not being accomplished too every week. That's a good way of looking and saying, is this goal the one that is this for me or is this for something else? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's hard. We need a third person, somebody to look at it for us and help us get there too. So I know athletes who have shared goals with teammates or friends to create accountability to check in. And that's another way of, of bringing goal setting into more of a, a community or, or a friendship is 
creating accountability, but also getting feedback. Like, oh, why aren't you, you know, getting getting closer to this? Is there something, you know, is there a barrier? That that's just another example of how goal setting can be a part of your life. Is it a shared experience, whether it's with a partner? That's certainly another way that it can be. But uh, I'm glad that you shared that is because we can be pursuing something that doesn't meet our needs and being able to say what's not doing it anymore and to stop is really hard. Um, But I would say is if you have other domains in your life that you've set, it will be easier to let that go because you're still pursuing the other things in your life that are bringing you fulfillment and joy. So for this year in 2022, this is an important piece if you write down your goals and, and not just keep them in your head, write them down in a Google Doc or on a, on a notepad, you're 33% more likely to achieve them by just writing them down. Yes. Um, whether they're short-term or long-term, spend some time over the next, you know, over an hour writing down what you want this year for yourself. And you'd be surprised at the end of the year when you look back at that document, you're more likely to achieve them if you were not to write them down. Yes. I love it. This has been so helpful. What a great start to 2022. I mean, just with this information and all of the, you know, looking ahead when the world falls apart, which hopefully it won't, you can still maintain your own progress and it gives you a sense of grounding. So this is just so, so great. Thank you so much for you brought, I mean, you bring in so much insight and I love the 33%. That is very specific and very true, you know, and I love it. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for your time and uh, conversation. It's it's always great to connect with you, Josie. And thank you for all that you do for our student athletes and, and our professionals to bringing us on and being able to share things that we feel passionate about. So very grateful for our time and discussion today. Well, thank you. Me too. And we will connect very soon because I'm going to see you at a conference. Yes, we'll be in uh, in Montana oh. uh, for the first time in two years. So yes. it'll be really nice to be in person with you and, and to connect. So looking forward to it. Until then, have a great beginning to your semester. You too. Talk to you soon. All right. Again, a big thank you to Ed Dara, as well as our producer, Graham Doty, and our editor, Chelsea Battle. If you're struggling at this time, please reach out to family, friends, or a licensed mental health professional in your area. And we want to hear from you about topics that you want to hear about. So reach out to us at info at holinskyshope.org. Let us know what would be helpful for you or your fellow athletes to hear about. Share this podcast with anyone you believe would be helped by it. Subscribe to it, rate it, and review it because it helps other athletes find the podcast. If you would like to know more about Holinsky's Hope, including how to donate to help with all that they're doing to support student-athlete mental health and reduce the stigma that surrounds mental illness, visit www.holinskyshope.org. Please take care of yourself. Please take care of others and always have hope. (laughs) 